Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Happy November! We made it. We made it to November, you guys. And I know you hear the congestion in my voice. I apologize in advance. And you know, when you have a toddler, which I know a lot of you moms do, and they get sick, guess what happens? You get sick too. So that is why you are hearing me under the weather, but I love you guys. So I had to record anyway. Well, with the big November, you know what makes me the most excited? That is one month closer to Christmas. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm skipping over Thanksgiving. But for me, you know, Thanksgiving is just like that pep rally before Christmas. Don't you think? I think. Either way, my family and I are still going to plan a huge Thanksgiving bash as well, but it won't be like Christmas. I'm just saying. Plus, this Christmas, I turn the big four zero. Yeah, I know. I'm hitting a milestone, you guys. So if you've been following me on social media, you'll be able to witness the celebration and celebrate with me. So make sure you are following along for my milestone holiday birthday festivities. So many of you have been asking questions about when you should slow down in pregnancy, or as I say, sat down, sit down somewhere and have, uh, you know, a little bit less work or more work restrictions. Now I did do an episode on when to take maternity leave last season, or maybe that was in the season one, go back and listen to that. But this is basically about when you should personally slow down or do things a little bit differently, not necessarily taking maternity leave because you guys have been asking very specific questions like, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? So we are going to address all of those things in this episode. Now, some of you might be asking about these questions because you want to slow down because you're getting prepared for the holiday season. Like, let me see if Dr. Plenty can give me a reason I should be taking off work in November and December or that I have to work from home. (laughs) Yeah, some of y'all are sneaky like that. But some of you genuinely have concerns about what you should be doing and should not be doing to stay safe in the pregnancy. So I thought we would talk about it today. Now, let me start off by saying, I'm never one to tell someone to take maternity leave early or to not work in their pregnancy unless it needs to be done. Now, if you follow for a while now, you know that I had a miserable pregnancy, an extremely high-risk pregnancy. But through it all, I still worked the whole time with the exception of 
the week that I was in the hospital with the blood clots in my lung. And my last day of work was the day before I was admitted for my delivery. So I don't take telling people to sit down very lightly. Okay. For me, you can work, but you have to listen to your body because everybody is different. And just because I worked my whole pregnancy doesn't mean that someone with the same exact conditions will work during their whole pregnancy. So I I get that. But there are reasons that I tell people, hey, you need to definitely not go to work and sit down, okay? Now, if you've had preterm deliveries in the past, your provider will likely have you take it easy with all of your future pregnancies. But specifically, if you had a surclage in place, for, uh, and that's called um, a surclage for, for it's called cervical insufficiency. Then they'll definitely take it, tell you take it easy, whether or not you had a surclage or not with your subsequent pregnancies. Now, if you have vaginal bleeding or early rupture of membranes, or, or meaning your water broke, then you also want to take it easy with this pregnancy and perhaps not even work during the pregnancy. Now, commonly, if we, meaning your provider, If we tell you that you should sit down, we will put you in the hospital to make sure that you do, okay, if if you're showing signs that you don't want to listen. So if you don't take it easy and obey us at home, we will basically force you to do it if you really do need to do it, okay? So that's really how you know if your provider is really serious about you taking it easy, okay? If they say, if you don't, we'll put you in the hospital, they're serious, okay? Now, there are some common misconceptions about what you can and can't do during the pregnancy. Some of y'all think that just because you're pregnant, that means you can't do anything. Well, let me clear that up right now. That's a lie. Women run marathons during pregnancy. They perform surgery during pregnancy. They work in the drugstores during pregnancy. They, you know, work in NASA during pregnancy. You do a lot of stuff during pregnancies. Like you're still normal, your normal self. So being pregnant does not make you helpless by any means. You can walk. You can go on dates with your partner. You can travel up to about 32 weeks or so. Now, when you travel, we want you to stop every couple hours and walk if you're taking long car rides. If you're on the plane and you're taking a flight that's over about two, three hours, we want you to wear compression stockings and we want you to walk in the plane if you can or and we probably tell you take baby aspirin before you get on the plane but you can travel up to about 32 weeks pretty safely and you can work depending on what you do now some of the restriction from work you shouldn't be lifting anything more than about 10 to 15 pounds if you are working and lifting so if you're a waitress you shouldn't be carrying heavy trays but for the most part you can work okay But to be clear, you will be told to slow down or even to stop working and take FMLA if you have signs of preterm labor. Your cervix is already starting to dilate. Okay, not a short cervix, but a dilated cervix. That that to us says, okay, this person, we don't want them to have a baby while they're at work. So they should probably not be at work. That means that you need to take it easy or you need to modify what you do at work, meaning sit behind a desk doing more clerical work or more work that requires thinking as opposed to doing, okay? We don't want you on your feet for long periods of time if you have issues with preterm labor and you're already dilated, okay? So we we don't want that. If you have um, preterm contractions, 
will tell you to hydrate and you may need to take more frequent breaks. But if you're not dilated, most of the time we won't take you off work for that. If you have a significant amount of vaginal bleeding, that's something we would say you need to take it easy. We may talk to you about pelvic rest. That is just code for no sex, no toys, nothing in the vagina, okay? If you have significant bleeding. Now, some people after intercourse may have a little bit of spotting with wiping. That's actually pretty normal. You know, uh, 45% of your blood volume goes to the uterus. Your, your opening of the uterus is the cervix, which opens into the vagina, okay? So if you have intercourse, then you can have a little bit of a spotting because the cervix, remember the opening of the uterus, is really engorged, okay? That's not abnormal to have a little bit of spotting after intercourse. But if you're like, I just went to the bathroom and they had blood and I had to wear a pad, like that's significant. That always means you need to get checked out and they would need to see if your placenta or the afterbirth is covering the opening of the cervix or if you have a laceration or a tear inside of the vagina, or if the cord is over the opening of the cervix, all those things can cause you to have heavy bleeding. So they will rule those things off and then likely tell you that you need to take it easy, meaning not work for at least a couple of days so they can monitor you and to make sure you're not doing any lifting. Sometimes we may also monitor you in the hospital, depending on how heavy the bleeding is, will tell us how long to keep you. And usually we want to send you home with bleeding. We watch you until the bleeding stops. Make sure your blood count is on okay. Make sure the baby's okay. Make sure you're stable. And then monitor you for a couple more days after that, after you stop bleeding. So obviously if you keep bleeding, then you will stay in the hospital, okay? Uh, which will be a way to make sure you slow down. If you have uncontrolled blood pressure, so if you have what's called chronic hypertension, that just means you have blood pressure issues outside of pregnancy, before the pregnancy was diagnosed, or at the beginning of pregnancy before 20 weeks. That is called chronic hypertension. If you have that as uncontrolled, we will tell you, hey, we need you to check your blood pressures twice a day. We need you to be in a low stress environment. And some people's jobs are very stressful. So we can tell you, you may not need to work. Sometimes we may have, have you take it easy at home for a little while while we control your blood pressures. And if you have preeclampsia, depending on how severe the preeclampsia is, will tell us if you need to be in the hospital or if you can be at home. Now we say that preeclampsia has either with severe features or without severe features. I'm sure I had an episode about this in season one, okay? This season, I definitely need to repeat an episode about this because it's a very common reason for black and brown women to have complications and even pass away. So I will do another episode about this because I get questions about preeclampsia all the time. And I got to stop saying, go back to season one when we're in season three. So I will repeat some of those, some of the information in a future episode. But that's the reason that we could possibly tell you, you need to either stay home, slow down, or be hospitalized. If a mom has heart disease or cardiac disease, that's definitely a reason that we want you to slow down in the pregnancy. You can still work. You may need to have more breaks. We may need you to check your blood pressure, monitor your blood pressure a little bit closer. And depending on what type of cardiac disease you have, we may need to put you in the hospital as well because we need to make sure you can breathe. Okay. I know y'all here may have issues breathing today. We need to make sure you can breathe. That's important. So anything that is going to change your clinical status or we have to double check you to make sure you're stable, that may mean you need to slow down in the pregnancy and that's okay. Okay. It's okay to, to 
prioritize yourself during this very short time in your life, but integral time in your life. And then of course, if your baby is smaller, you could feel super healthy, but if your baby is not getting adequate blood flow and we're doing things like weekly testing to look at the blood flow through the umbilical cord, then that would be a reason for us to tell you to slow down, be on modified bed rest, or for us to even keep you in the hospital. All right, so now that we know a little bit more about when you need to slow down in the pregnancy, and sometimes when you need to sit all the way down and go ahead and take FMLA, let's go to some cases. First case is a 24-year-old who is 26 weeks pregnant with her second child. Her first child was born at 25 weeks due to a painless cervical dilation. She was late to care this pregnancy and didn't have her first prenatal visit until 24 weeks. At her first visit, she was found to be a fingertip dilated. She was told that she shouldn't work this pregnancy due to her history. However, she said she's a single mom and has to support herself and her daughter. She was sent for a second opinion and to find out more about restrictions she should take. This is a case that's super common, right? It's classic cervical insufficiency is why she had her child at 26 weeks, right? Excuse me, at 25 weeks. Um, She had painless cervical dilation. That is the definition of cervical insufficiency. We treat that by doing a cerclage. And usually if we've seen her earlier, we would have started monitoring her at 16 weeks, doing cervical length measurements every one to two weeks to see if the cervix shortens. The cervix shortens to less than 2.5 centimeters with her history. That would have been an automatic indication for a cerclage placement. The other option is based on her history alone, some people would offer her a cerclage with this pregnancy. But since she presented later, she didn't present until 24 weeks, she's out of the window of getting her cerclage, okay? Cerclages are only placed up to 24 weeks. So if you're beyond that, because the cervix is so friable, meaning every time we try to stitch it, it can bleed and tear. And we don't want to do anything to irritate the cervix to cause it to contract, your uterus to contract, or to tear your cervix, which can do more harm. So we know after 24 weeks, we can do more harm. If you're already a fingertip dilated, though, that tells me that you have an extremely higher risk of having another preterm delivery. And thank God you've already made it to 26 weeks when you've had that other baby at 25 weeks. I'm not saying you're definitely going to go and have a preterm delivery, but given your history and the fact that you're already a fingertip dilated, it tells me that you are at higher risk than somebody else that didn't have your history. So I would definitely put you in the hospital and monitor you for at least a little bit to make sure you're not continuing to dilate, okay? Because if we start to see contractions, we can do things to try to slow those contractions down. We can hydrate you. And if you're in the hospital on bed rest, Although bed rest doesn't cure everything, it doesn't prevent a preterm delivery, but it can prolong one if you are not as active. We know at home, especially if you have a little one, it's hard for you to be able to not do as much stuff. It's hard for you to sit down and only get up to, you know, eat and go to the bathroom. You're running behind a toddler. It's hard. Like my son today wanted me to run and slide with my socks on, okay? So we have hardwood floors. So I wear these like little fuzzy socks and I messed up and showed him I could slide on the floor. And so now he's like, 
mommy, come run, mommy, come run, right? So he wants me to take off running as much as I have a cold right now, can barely breathe and slide on the floor, right? It wouldn't matter if I was with child or not right now. He would still probably want me to do the same thing. So if you have a toddler at home, it's hard to tell them no sometimes when they ask you to do things. So I know that you want a second opinion about restrictions. I know that you're a single mom, but the first step is taking off work and not doing a lot. Okay. If you can't do that, the only option your OB has is to put you in the hospital and then you have issues with work and childcare. So my opinion would be, hey, you should probably either modify your work or take off work depending on what you do. Now, I did not hear my medical intern tell me what exactly you did for a living, but depending on what you do, you do for a living will tell me what I need to tell you your second opinion. If what you do is being a waitress or a nurse and that you're on your feet all the time, then you need to take off work. Like it's the time for you to go ahead and schedule FMLA and take off. If you are working as administrative assistant, sitting and answering phones, or you're doing taxes and as an accountant and you're sitting, then maybe you don't have to take off work. Maybe you just need to talk to your employer about being flexible to go to your appointments. And if something happens, you start having a lot of pressure, you have the flexibility to leave work. Okay, so that's the, those are the options. Now, if you start to dilate more or you start to have bleeding or your water breaks, that would be an indication for you to actually be in the hospital, okay? So no just taking off work. Now, what I would advise you to do, we know you have cervical insufficiency. I will go ahead and talk to my family about, hey, in the event that this happens and I have to go in the hospital, who is going to be that person to help me step up and make sure my little one is going to and from daycare or to and from school? Like have those people lined up now that you're pregnant this time, okay? You need those people lined up anyway because eventually you'll be going to appointments every week. So go ahead and line them up now to see who can be available in the event that you have to go into the hospital early. Or even if you're not in the hospital, if you're at home, who can be there with you just in case you need to go to the hospital? Okay, so communicate with your family to make sure you have help on board at all times. But my second opinion is to agree with the first in that you think I'm going to talk to your job about modifying what you do if you are somebody that works at a desk job, or yes, I agree that you would need to take off work if you're on your feet all day. So the case pearl for this case is patients with known cervical insufficiency should have pelvic rest and decrease their physical activity as much as possible. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our second case is a 37-year-old who is 24 weeks pregnant with her third child. Her first two pregnancies were uneventful. This pregnancy, she was told that she has a VASA privia and needs to be on bed rest. Her doctor recommends that she be admitted once she's in the third trimester due to her risk of bleeding. However, the patient has not had any bleeding and states that she would rather be at home. She was sent to you for consultation and assistance with management. So I always tell people when it comes to this kind of thing, communicate with your doctor. We are not villains. It's not like we want you to like lose your job or not be at home if there is a possible way for you to be at home. But with a vasoprevio, you have to realize 
it is the cord that's over the opening of the cervix. So if you start to contract and dilate, then those vessels, which are usually tethered down to the cervix, can shear and can cause you to have some heavy bleeding. That heavy bleeding can cause you to lose your baby, can cause you to lose a lot of blood and even lose your life depending on what the circumstance is and how far away from the hospital you are. With a phase of preview, you can lose your life, you can lose your baby's life, depending on how quickly it takes you to get to the hospital, okay? And depending on how much bleeding you have, because those vessels are tethered to the opening of the cervix. So if you live far away, that could be the difference of life and death. So what I would encourage you to do is really think about this for a second. Like, I know you want to be at home. I know that you don't want to be in the hospital, but ask yourself, one, have I had any bleeding? Because for me, it's three bleeds and you're out. That's how I treat vasoprevious. So you spot, you come in, we monitor you for 24 hours. You don't bleed, we send you home. You have another bleed. We monitor you for a little bit longer. And if you're not significantly bleeding, you're not bleeding anymore, then we can send you home. But if you bleed a third time, even if it's spotty, you're there, right, for the rest of the pregnancy. It doesn't matter what, what gestational age you are. You are there for the rest of the pregnancy. If you have no bleeding, some maternal fetal medicine specialists would err on the side of, Hey, once this person hits about 30 weeks, because we don't know when they're going to start contracting. And if you start contracting, that's a time that those vessels will shear away from the inside of the uterus. Then I'm going to put you in the hospital at 30 weeks and then deliver you, you know, somewhere between 34 and 37 weeks with most people airing on closer to 34, because otherwise we're just sort of waiting for you to have a major bleed, right? It just depends on how cautious the MFM is. But at some point, all vasos usually get put in the hospital in the third trimester. The exception is, hey, I live five minutes away from the hospital. I have reliable transportation and I have somebody with me at all times. And I'm fine coming to the doctor's office every single week to be checked. Not digitally checked, but like for somebody to lay eyes on you, assess your symptoms, look at your baby and make sure that everything's okay. There are some times where we can manage people with vasoprevia outpatient for a longer period of time before we put you in the hospital. But again, that is individualized. Everybody's social situation is not the same. And so that's why I encourage you, please talk to your provider to say, these are my barriers. This is why I want to stay out of the hospital as long as possible. And for the most part, if you're stable, we will keep you out of the hospital for as long as possible. But once we hit, you know, 30, 32 weeks with the vasoprevia, it's very common for us to put you in the hospital because we do not want you all of a sudden to start bleeding. Okay. Bleeding a a little bit of blood doesn't bother us, but if you keep on bleeding, we don't know where that blood's coming from. We don't know if the baby is losing blood, if it's on the fetal side, and we don't know if you're losing blood. So it's really better to be safe than to be sorry with the VASA, but they can wait a little bit longer if you're completely stable and you have reliable transportation to keep you out of the hospital. If that's what you so desire. But please communicate, communicate, communicate so that you and your OB can get on the same page and they have an, they they know that you are somebody that ha- that understands the gravity of not being in the hospital. OK, the case pearl for this case is a vase of previous, a serious condition that can have unexpected bleeding. Close inpatient monitoring is a typical approach to care. All right, medical intern, do we have any email cases? Yes, this one says, Dr. Plenty, I was diagnosed with mild preeclampsia two weeks ago. I've been taking my blood pressure at home and monitoring symptoms. So far, 
I'm 30 weeks pregnant and stable. I was wondering if I could work with this diagnosis or if I need to continue to stay home. Now, everybody's different with this, okay? Now, preeclampsia is near and dear to my heart. And most of you that's been following a while know the whole reason that I went into maternal fetal medicine is because I lost a 23-year-old cousin from complications of preeclampsia that then turned into an eclamptic seizure. She had aspiration pneumonia, she died, right? Super young, healthy, thin, you know, no medical problems. She ended up having a stat C-section, delivered a 29-week baby, okay? That is now in college, but nonetheless, she lost her life because of preeclampsia, okay? Her preeclampsia was not diagnosed, so it wasn't monitored, but that is what she had. So preeclampsia can be very serious. If you are somebody that can work from home, I will allow you to work. If you're somebody that can work remotely and talk to your employer about that, I will allow you to work. If you're somebody that has to work at work, I don't like my people with preeclampsia working. I don't. Now, everybody is different with that. But for me, anything that makes you not be able to check your blood pressure or check your symptoms frequently, I don't want you doing. I think that when you are at work around a whole bunch of people, people tend to play off their symptoms. They tend to play down their symptoms. So you're walking around, you got a headache. You don't want to ask to go home because I just asked to go home last week, right? So you don't want to take any medicine because, oh, I forgot my medicine at home. I'll just have this headache all day long and take Tylenol when I get home. You can't do that, okay? With preeclampsia, if you have symptoms, you got to be able to go in. And I find that people that are working tend to say, I'm going to do this at the end of work. Well, that may cause you to have a seizure at work. So most people with preeclampsia are, are managed inpatient, okay, with, with or without severe features. A lot of people monitor both inpatient. If you have severe features, you got to be inpatient, okay? You got to be in the hospital. But if you don't have severe features, meaning your blood pressures were mildly elevated but can be controlled, you don't have any symptoms of a headache or blurry vision or pain over your liver, you don't have any changes in your lab value. So your kidney function is normal, your liver function is normal, your platelets are normal. So everything is normal. It's just that you have a little protein and mildly elevated blood pressure. Okay, well then you can be moderate outpatient, but you got to come back every week. You got to come back, you know, really twice weekly monitoring and once weekly labs is what I would do for a preeclamptic without severe features. So if your job allows you to take out twice a week, which most jobs don't, so most people are going to take FMLA to be able to be at home because of preeclampsia, because you have to be monitored so frequently, even on the outpatient setting. So I just don't like any type of stress-induced headaches or stress drives your blood pressure up. You're not able to check your blood pressures like you need to. You're not able to, to take medicine for your headache like you need to. If you get a headache, so you're ignoring your symptoms, uh-uh, I'd rather you not work. Now, that's my opinion. I will encourage you to talk to your provider because everybody's approach is a little bit different to outpatient management of preeclampsia, um, but I always err on the side of caution with this. I know that everybody wants to work. Everybody wants to talk about how they need to provide for their family. They don't want to use any other FMLA time. They don't want to use too much vacation time. But let me tell you, we want you to be here for your baby. 
We want you to be as safe as possible. And if that means they're taking a couple more weeks off work, we're going to, we're going to have you do it. Okay. Because we don't want to look and say, we wish we would have done this. We wish we would have done that. No, it's time for you to prioritize yourself and prioritize this baby. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to make sure that you understand that when we give you a diagnosis of preeclampsia, this is, this is a serious diagnosis and your family needs to know about it. And you need to have people, you need to lean on people and allow them to take care of you. And you need to make sure you're attending your doctor's appointments like you need to. And you need to talk to your employer and say, hey, I love my job. I love what I do. But right now I have to prioritize myself and my, my baby. Okay. And nobody's going to fault you for that. It's okay for you to do that this time. You've been working hard and looking out for everybody all this time. It's time for you to look out for you this time. All right, so I think that's all the cases we have. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much for listening to the Pregnancy Pros Podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about when to sit down in pregnancy. And if you've enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And feel free to check out the YouTube channel for quick talks about pregnancy complications and the website at drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.